0: Welcome to LameStream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. If you like this show, rate, review,
1: subscribe, tell someone, smash, smash, smash that subscribe button.
0: That's what we would appreciate. That is exactly what we would appreciate. Great guest on the show, and I feel like uh, a thing that we are beginning to uh, popularize isn't the right word, but just something that seems to happen a lot on the show our exit interviews (laughs) we've done a bunch of them and emily proud formerly of wkrn news 2 here in in nashville who is still in nashville so it's 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 an exit interview sort of um and she's now working for 24 7 sports nationally covering college football no longer in local news so it technically is emily proud's exit interview one of many now that we've done on the show and tease we've got more coming up for you guys
1: Dun dun dun. That,
0: that's it? That's all you got? That's all I got.
1: <laughs> I mean I mean you did the whole setup. I mean I don't I don't know what else I got to offer here.
0: <laughs> uh, Emily Proud, of course, 24-7 Sports, CBS Sports HQ at CBS Sports as well. Uh, she's doing all kinds of digital content. Streaming uh, and and a lot to say about the state of local television, why she made the move, her love of sports and sports alone and what covering news did to her brain uh, as a sports fan. So a lot of really fun stuff with Emily on the show. TV ratings a little bit later on coming up as well uh, as the Titans Monday night debacle will not be discussed today on the show because it'll be on next week's rating book. But uh, we've got some interesting stuff there, such the question- as it is. A question about a cultural phenomenon that is that is leaving Steve Cavendish in the dust. We will discuss that as well later on. But before we do any of that, Steve Cavendish of the Nashville Banner. Sign up for good journalism, by the way, at NashvilleBanner.com. LameStream Sports is brought to you by Jaspers. Always brought to you by Jaspers. Look, folks, there is just not a better place to go watch sporting events, to have a lunch, to have happy hour, than at Jaspers in the entire city because the parking is free free the, free free the food is fantastic the game room also free free yep. free free you got it you you got it you, you got a 100 like my kindergarten daughter's <laughs> first pieces of homework i want a, you, i want a
1: star on this thing you got I want a, a sticker
0: you get a smiley face and a 100 is what you get uh, go to jasper's where you will leave with a smiley face uh, when you go drink some beer and eat some food. In the next evolution of the sports bar, play some air hockey. You got Papa Shot. You got all, all kinds of great stuff over there. It's a great place to watch. I guess if you're still watching the Titans, it's a great place to watch the Titans. It's a great place to watch. Uh, it's a great place to watch the, to watch
1: watch the Titans because you can be distracted from
0: what's on TV. <laughs> right. Uh, when they give up 24 points in the third quarter, you can immediately go play Papa Shot uh, at, at Jasper's. So go to, or, go, go to Jasper's.
1: Order another round of drinks.
0: <laughs> Why limit yourself, Steve? You can do both. <laughs> do both of those things. Um, no, the season's not over for the Titans. They're going to be just fine. It's just a bad start. And they eight, got eight nine's
1: going to win the division, so it, it doesn't really matter.
0: It's actually possibly true. Um, all right. Go to Jasper's, everybody. The parking is free. The food is amazing. Again, sign up for the banner. Uh, Steve, uh, you want to tell everybody real quickly? Nashvillebanner.com?
1: NashvilleBanner.com? Uh Go there. Just give us your email. That's it. Uh, and okay. we will, we will send you stories as we publish them. Uh, we just did a two-part series on teachers, uh, kind of talking to teachers about, uh, you know, cost of living and being priced out in Nashville, as well as guns in schools and Uvalde and Hillsdale and, and all sorts of other stuff. It's a great read. It's and it's, you know, it is straight from teachers. Uh, we, I also did kind of a, a piece this week, just looking at who's in, who's out, of the mayor's race that's starting to gear up for next year. Mm. Uh, but, but come to uh, come to nationalbanner.com, give us your email and they'll come right to your
0: inbox. Some, some very um, lighthearted and non-divisive topics Hillsdale and our exactly. education system. <laughs> so go check it out. Uh, all right. We'll get to ratings and recommendations a little bit later on. Of course, uh, make sure you check out all the other great shows from the four forty sports network, as well as the YouTube page, four forty sports, turn on the notifications. We do appreciate it. All right. That just about does it for us, because the great and wonderful and amazing Emily Proud was our guest this week. Here was our conversation, the exit interview with Emily Proud. Emily Proud, no longer of News Channel 2, here joining us on the show. Emily, now of CBS Sports, covering college football on a national level. Emily, thank you for joining us here on the program. How are you?
2: I'm great. Thanks. Thank you guys for having me. This is awesome.
0: Uh, we've sort of been doing a lot of exit interviews lately. And while you yeah. have not left Nashville and you're still covering a lot of things that people care about in Nashville, we are going to talk a lot about your time uh, at channel two and the work you did here in the market. And we, for those that have not listened, which was would be ridiculous, go back and listen to our conversation with Emily from, from last year, a lot about your background coming up in television in Knoxville and making the move to Nashville. But this will be more of a conversation about your time here. However, I cannot ignore the time you spent in Knoxville and your background. And because people are doing crazy nonsense this week and, and silliness will ensue this weekend. Uh, we've got to start with Florida, Tennessee. What is going through your mind, your, your family's mind, your, your household's minds. What, how are we feeling about Tennessee and Florida this weekend?
2: Incredibly uncomfortable because you feel kind of confident and you're favored in a game and there's excitement around Tennessee and game day is going to be there and you're on this national stage I have just felt so far this entire week so uncomfortable I don't know what this feeling is like I want (laughs) I reject it my body says get the hell out of me because any sort of confidence when it comes to Tennessee football just usually is a recipe for disaster but you also have to be somewhat I don't know, like you do this research. And so you do need to feel somewhat confident. You watch both of these teams play. You see how Florida has been playing lately. You see how Tennessee has been playing lately. You should be confident, right? I mean, the way that they're playing and and it, it, it makes sense on paper, but that's not what it's like being a Tennessee fan. It's not on paper. It's, it's, it's in your mind. It's in your soul. It's in your heart and it hurts all the time. So feeling any sort of confidence, it's not good.
1: I went into a tailspin over the weekend and texted Braden about this <laughs> when I found out that oh not only was not only was game day going to be in town as as a as a jinx, uh, they were gonna try it out checker nail again. And and I was like, they're like one in four doing this damn trick. but But that's the thing is you know you know what the record is because anytime
2: tennessee tries to do something fun or get hyped up i mean i think we we know like a jersey record for the longest time the smoky grays were bad luck and so i was nervous they would bring that out our our like heart and soul peyton manning is apparently a jinx too we don't want him at the game
0: that's the thing is
2: that you know these things right you want to be able to have fun checker nealon is the coolest thing it's aesthetically very pleasing it's awesome but we know that it doesn't translate to results. Yeah, can not we do that it's against like being Akron? A Tennessee fan.
1: I mean, Akron would have been the time to pull that out. Hey, look, it looks—it's one hundred two thousand people. It looks beautiful. That's great. Let's concentrate on Florida.
0: Well, there'd only be eighty thousand there for Akron. Um, what? Uh, it was a sellout. Hey, no, it hey, sellout. it was a sellout. Right, sellout. What was my response to you, Steve? <laughs> Uh, I don't remember. Basically, it was appropriate. Basically, I mean, it's glad glad to hear that we're focused on the right things uh, is, is because it's not even like and this is what I wanted to get to with all of this, because, again, go check out our interview with Adam Sparks on Fringe Element this week, who is married to a Tennessee season ticket holder, but has to cover the team for the Knoxville News Sentinel. And so he sees it from like the objective reporter standpoint and then comes home to his nauseous wife. Who is can, who cannot go to work each day this week because she is so nervous about the game on? And I don't think people outside or or of a, of a, maybe even a, an older generation understand what Florida Tennessee means. Like Emily, you covered the Lane Kiffin stuff, right? You were up there for the Lane Kiffin night, and you kind of told some stories about like all that drama and and everything.
2: No, the other coaching, the other oh, the that's Shiano right, the Sunday. Son, okay.
0: <laughs> I, I I get the. I get them confused. I'm not going
2: to tell you how old I was when the Kevin stuff was happening. Sorry. Sorry. You Please don't. Me a bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but I think it is like Florida weeks, a hell of a drug. And, and I yeah. can feel, I don't know if you guys can feel this because we all have ties to, to Tennessee, but I feel something crazy. Something is going to happen. Whether Tennessee wins big wins closely, Tennessee loses couches are like, burning. Like things are going crazy. Shit is going to happen in Knoxville. And you've been there. You live there. Do you guys get the same sense that this is going to be insanity on Saturday? Like, yeah. there's a boiling energy underneath the surface from Tennessee fans right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been years and years of, you know, to put it nicely, hell. I mean, <laughs> it's been difficult. You know, my, my first year covering Tennessee was the last year that they beat Florida. That was the great comeback from Josh Dobbs. And I remember that excitement and it all just going away when they lost Vanderbilt at the end of the season and (laughs) you were so excited about their bowl prospects and this was one of the you know the best teams on paper in terms of not just Josh Dobbs but you had Alvin Kamara and Derek Barnett you had a lot of really good NFL talent and then it just I mean since then obviously it's been a lot of years of pain and embarrassment too I mean it wasn't just the fact that you went through a very Messy breakup with, with um, Jeremy Pruitt, but before that hiring him, obviously that process was not easy with everything that went down with Shiano. You also had to say goodbye to Philip Fulmer and admit that that was a major mistake. You know, the last coach to bring you a national championship. So that was embarrassing, not to mention everything that happened at the Ole Miss game where everybody was just, you know, vilifying Tennessee fans as the worst human beings ever because God forbid you throw something on the field that's never happened (laughs) <laughs> in, in football before um, nope, it was, happened. it was to a, to a certain level and degree for sure. But what's forgotten in all of that is that that was actually a, a pretty close game. The Tennessee has, has played some, some great football and had their moments. And so that's why I think you feel uncomfortable about it because anytime you get excited, things just, you know, fall off a cliff and you immediately get disappointed and reminded, you know, the, the fun part of, of being a fan of Tennessee athletics, but also there have been some good times and so you, you get that little taste of it. And so I think that's what people are feeling right now is we're feeling those good times. We're feeling that little taste of it where they're just absolutely destroying teams that they should destroy, which wasn't always the case, Kafka, cough, cough, Georgia State. So you <laughs> got to appreciate taking care of business because that that wasn't always the situation. And so you automatically think something not necessarily bad, but dramatic is going to happen after all of this buildup oh, yeah. and excitement.
0: And uh, the, pe- people it's are going to burn like a, things and turn over cops. Yeah. I mean, it's it going to yeah, happen.
2: <laughs> something's about to explode. You just feel like there's so much, you know, bubbling o- um, over at the surface and it's just going
0: to erupt yep. at some yep. point. I, uh, I agree. So college football, clearly, if, if, if you're listening, if you just heard Emily speak for the last few minutes, college football, clearly a huge part of what you care about and what you love. And that is where you are now where you've now headed in your career. So take us through sort of, local television working in Nashville covering all these things that was preds that was titans but also when you anchored on the weekends you're doing a lot of other stuff that's not sports related to go now back to almost full time and you can do a better job of than me of explaining your official new title but now you are covering basically exclusively college football but on a national level so take us through how difficult the decision was how easy the decision was why you made the decision to sort of move from uh, news two to now 24/7 CBS Sports Line, CBS Sports Net, CBS.com, all like it. All, all, all all of the it. names. So take <laughs> yes. us through that decision making process.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of a, a long time coming. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Local news is an absolute grind. And you mentioned all the different sports that we cover. The the most difficult part about all of that is coming across as knowledgeable a, about all of it. And I'm I'm less concerned about, I guess, what what other people think they think that i know so not i don't think somebody's going to say well you you don't know anything about the titans or you don't know anything about the preds it's more internal and so that was a real struggle for me is wearing a bunch of different hats and not feeling like i was an expert and trying to you know rationalize the idea of why would you follow me on twitter for titans news as opposed to like a jim wyatt who's solely focused on that is an expert is always there that sort of thing I'm not, you know, there are days where I want to go to Titans practice and there is a practice, but instead they send me to go do something else random because, you know, when it's all said and done, I'm working for a news station. And that was the only way that I could move up within a news station was to do actual news. There was, there was essentially a ceiling for me in sports there. And then also too, when you work in local news, a lot of, you know, the, the, the importance and the level of importance that they put on sports is solely in the hands of your boss and whether or not he decides that sports are important and that there's a role for sports in our newscasts and how much time you get and how many resources are allotted towards covering sports. It's all based on just strictly whether or not your boss cares about sports. And so when I first started, my news director was all gung ho about sports. This is obviously not Corey Curtis, our sports director. He clearly cares about sports. <laughs> if, it, if it were up to him, it would be a completely like all sports newscast. Um, but I mean, even I'm calling it a newscast. So that, that that should tell you kind of like where we stand is we're such a small piece of it. Um, and so that's, that's kind of why this decision was fairly easy for me is that I wanted to walk into work and love sports and everybody be there for sports because There is nothing. I mean, there's so many things that are challenging about local news from the standpoint of that you're doing everything: I'm shooting, writing, editing, um, producing, and you're you're doing all of this work. That wasn't the difficult part for me. The difficult part for me was convincing people every single day when I walk into work that sports matter and that sports are important and that people care about this. I had to do that every single day. That's hard when not only is that your job but i think you guys know this is more than a job this is a passion this is this is your life and so to convince to have to convince somebody every day that what you do is valuable and what you care about matters and that other people care about it like that's hard <laughs> that's hard to walk into work every day and have to convince people of that i walk into work now and it's you know we immediately go to talk about The ball game last night. We immediately go into talking about people's favorite teams and um, you know the latest news and what's going on, and and it's it's not even a thought. And so, just mental health wise, (laughs) that's a considerable change for me. And it's so much happier that I don't have to try to convince everybody around me to care about sports. They just do. And so that's automatically the goal. And that was always the goal for me. Is yes, you say you want to work for a network, and that it looks nice, and it's you know. Easy to say, oh, CBS Sports as opposed to WKRN and local news in Nashville. And like, obviously, there's a certain stigma that comes with both of those things. But for me, I just wanted to be in an environment where everybody cared about sports. And you don't was, get that in local news.
1: There's an actual measurement of how they value sports, and it's measured in seconds. I mean, it's. Yeah. Was Our it,
2: sportscast is 90 seconds. I was going to say,
1: o'clock. was it 90 seconds or two minutes was the. What was 90. And you. is there, I always feel like in local sports, there's a chicken or egg thing kind of going on there. Like the, do you, is the sports not move the needle because you don't give it enough time. If you gave it more time, would it, would it move the needle? What are those, like, what are those discussions like internally when, you know, you want to put together a really good sports cast and you, you know, within 90 seconds, I mean, you can you can, you can can literally chart out every single second of what you have to do.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say that there are some conversations within the sports department, but that's not really a conversation between the sports department and the news department. It's the news department says, this is how much time you have. And that's what you get. And I will say that in my four years there, there was never a conversation where I said, I have really, really good stuff. Can I have more time? It was the other direction it was news came in and said hey we don't have a lot today here's an extra 15 seconds and i think once i realized (laughs) that that was the way that that this worked it was disheartening i mean i think that was the the struggle for me is that a lot of times you felt like you were just filling time and you weren't necessarily adding value and so that meant that the value was internalized and that i felt like if i was doing a good job i was self-motivated then I felt fulfilled in my work. It wasn't based on outside influences. It wasn't based on my boss telling me that I did a good job. It wasn't based on anybody saying, wow, here's a ton of extra time because I know that this is such a great story and you're going to crush it. It was more just I have to focus on myself and make sure that for myself, I feel fulfilled. I walk out of work and I go check. I I had a good day, which is fine if you are self-motivated. And the, the great thing about working in local television is that everybody is high achievers in terms of you don't get into this business for money. You don't get into this business for the glamour and the like, nobody, nobody does your makeup. Nobody picks out your wardrobe. Nobody like makes sure that, Oh, you're on television. It's, it's like you grind all day long. And then all of a sudden, Oh shoot, our newscast is now I got to throw on some heels and go out You know, it's not, you, you don't do it for, for that. You do it because you love it. And especially too, with our news people having to interview the, the tough interviews that they have, with people who lost loved ones, you you do it because you're so intrinsically motivated but unfortunately that creates a culture of everybody there for themselves and that's not to say i want to don't want to go as harsh as to say that that means that people are selfish but when you create this culture of you're just filling time and you have to motivate yourself to do a good job then it's kind of the opposite of there's no i in team Um, And that just encourages people to want to put together good work for themselves, which ultimately is to try to get that next job, which I think is why you see a lot of turnover, is if you're not focused on doing good work for your station, you're focused on doing good work for you, then you kind of, you know, create this culture of everybody's kind of there for themselves. And it's not a bad thing, necessarily. I think it's just a product of the grind and the filling time and the having having to do less with more you that just kind of manifests itself
1: i'm interested in sort of how you guys kind of viewed internally the the, the facebook uh show that you you were doing essentially every day for a while the the and it, it seemed like a really good outlet for yeah. some very smart sports people um but i was wondering kind of where that moved the needle in terms of engagement with this and and kind of your bosses at the station did they did that matter or not was it ultimately only going to be about what was on linear television And, and and how do you you know how how do you kind of view that whole experience
2: yeah i mean we were we were damn proud of that i mean we we worked our butts off that was kind of the way that we Found value in the COVID times, because ultimately, people were watching local news to find out if it was safe to go to the grocery store, if they were ever going back to work, if you know, like, there was there was a time for me, um, it was early on in the pandemic, and we were still at work, and things were starting to get shut down. And it was coinciding with NFL free agency. And that was a really big year for the Titans, because Ryan Tannehill was going to get it contract extension or they were going to get Tom Brady. Remember that chaos? Mm. Um, also, Derrick Henry was was somebody that was eligible um, for contract extension as well. And so I, I remember delivering the news that Tannehill had just signed this 100 plus million dollar deal. And in the middle of it, I hear in my ear that Mayor John Cooper is about to speak about COVID and like this was after the SEC tournament was shut down. Like things were were really kind of in this state of how long is this going to last? What What's happening? Um, and so I had to toss back to our anchors in the middle of talking about Ryan Tannehill. And I think I literally said out loud, there are bigger things going on right now. Let's head to Mayor John Cooper for the latest on um, COVID-19 situation. And at that moment, like, I'm not going to lie, I felt a little icky. I was like, why are we talking about free agency when, like, people are dying? Like, our whole society is, like, coming to a stop. And it was just, it, it was weird. But at the same time, I think we all learned, too, sports was this escape, right? It was this way to still feel like you were connected to something beyond everything that was happening with the world and being shut down. And then also, by the way, there was a ton of sports news. I mean, everything was shutting down, which was major. There were people whose careers were ending all of a sudden because their senior year, like the post-game or the post-season tournaments were being canceled. And so there was a lot of news happening too. And so that's what we created was Sports Extra Daily, which was you know, this Facebook show that we had to figure out how to stream on our website and Facebook and Twitter. At the same time, we had no help with it. It was just something that we did within our sports department. And I will explain to you how proud I am of that based on, we have a coffee mug. So Corey made us all coffee mugs that say sports extra daily and have our names on them (laughs) for Christmas this past year. It's on my desk here at CBS. Like i I'm so proud of what we were able to do. And in terms of how people felt about it in the building, like, I don't really think it really anybody batted an eye because one day it was just gone. (laughs) We just, Corey went in and had a meeting with our boss and he said, you should just stop doing that because we're not going to sell it. We're, it's not really doing anything. Um, And I think like for us, we felt like it meant a lot more because we had repeat viewers that would always comment. It was the typical people that like we created a relationship with. It was like the same ones that were coming back every day. And so we thought we were making an impact, but I'm not going to pretend to know how sales work. That is a completely different department. Um, But figuring out how to sell it, I think, was their decision to just say, like, it's a waste of your time. Just kind of stop doing it. And we thought for a while we were like, well, should we just keep doing it? Like, we we, we never had anybody sell it. We never made any money from it, but it was more just for ourselves. Um, So I think that's just a roundabout way of saying I think that's a lot of local sports is feeling like you're kind of on an island and, and doing it for yourself.
0: So isn't that, because I, I find it that that most, um, I don't want to say just like old here, because I, I don't, but tra- <laughs> how about traditional there we go. T- t- mediums, whether it's newspaper, print, magazine, TV broadcast, radio broadcast, whatever. There is this, the last 10 years and probably the next 10 years is all about transitioning to the future. And mm-hmm. it does feel like television stations. And this is what now your current company does this extraordinarily well, which is, uh, put on digital content that is extremely sticky, popular, and and well received, and very marketable with brands and advertisers. It do, aren't television of all these me, these tra- quote unquote traditional mediums. Aren't all these? Isn't the TV station the one that is best situated to convert to the the modern world that we're living in? You would
2: think, and I think that <laughs> a lot of it, like we've tried and. It's not for a uh, lack of like understanding where the future's going, because I think that's a situation that you run into, too, with local news. And I know with newspapers and everything like that, people are like, oh, dinosaurs, like nobody watches that. Nobody reads that. And they're afraid of the times and they won't change. And you have all these you know people that have been in local news for decades and decades and you think well they just they just don't want to get with the times. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I mean a year after I started we were given the directive to convert 20% of our staff to digital only. And so that was people that were already on television taking them off of television and saying you're just producing digital only content. And so there was a there were multiple signs for them admitting that they knew it was something that needed to um be important and it was something that needed to be at the forefront. And so there's a lot of different things that they did and you know, I'm seeing multiple local news stations try things. I think News Channel 5 has like News Channel 5 Plus which is all online. And so they know that it's important. I think the issue though is the lack of resources and the ability to do that because again, by me saying that we were given the directive to take 20% of our staff to digital, that didn't include new hires. That just took 20% of the yeah. staff that was previously doing all the work and having them do other work. And so that makes things difficult um, because if I, as I've had to explain to friends that just work in normal jobs when they're really stressed out and there's a lot going on and their companies just say, well, let's do less. Let's take on fewer clients. Let's give them you know, longer due dates for when we're gonna finish these projects. You can't do that (laughs) in local news. It doesn't matter if multiple people call out sick. It doesn't matter if people leave and you don't replace them immediately. Like, I don't know if you guys have noticed, where's where's the new Emily? Like, I've not been replaced and our department's still chugging along and still producing the same amount of content. We're still gonna have a 4 a.m. newscast. We're still gonna have a 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 11 a.m. Now we have a lifestyle show at 2 p.m., 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 and 10. No matter how many people are in the building, you're always gonna have to fill that time
1: channel four just announced a 3 p.m broadcast which to me seems
2: that's the thing like who are are they hiring to do that (laughs) Nobody. (laughs) nobody. (laughs) that's the problem is that we barely have enough to get by that if one person is sick i took one sick day while i was working there for four years because i knew that immediately it would mean that kayla would have to do more work or Corey would have to do more work and those are the people that i know day to day what their grind looks like and i'd never and, and I'm not saying that to like pat me on the back. I don't think Kayla took a single sick day while I was working there. So that's the thing is you're we're so, just teeter tottering on disaster. No. If somebody leaves.
0: So following up on sort of like, and this is just sort of me thinking out loud. So I'd like to get your perspective on this sports and what engages is covered very differently than like the news. And I do want to hear about your experience going to the news desk on the weekends when you're anchoring and having to cover very different things, but it is sports is more about winning and losing in every sense, not just on the field, but sort of like every debate, everything that we discuss, there's, it's gotta be covered. And politics, you know, you mentioned, you know, COVID being an escape. It it was a great escape until it was co-opted by con artists who wanted to turn it into wins and losses, right? Like who won and who lost, even when they're not playing games, that's how sports is covered across the board though. Like that's what drives engagement. That's what, you know, Jordan and LeBron or Brady versus, you know, like that's, that's how we do this. Is it because television is is sort of takes itself more seriously that that a local news network needs to be more serious and it can't dive into the like radio is w- well suited to dive into opinion, right? Like we're gonna have a big argument about two different opinions and neither one of them could be right, but it's compelling content. Is television just not suited for that style of digital broadcast that because it needs to be a little bit more serious? Does that make sense?
2: I mean, the easiest answer is there's not time <laughs> to give an opinion. I mean, there's just, if you have a ninety second hit and you're using thirty seconds of that to use the sound bite of Ryan Tannehill. Um, but when no, it I, comes to local like news, no, I meant
0: I meant like if you wanted to like I'll take um um your your guy Josh pate, right? Like josh pate on on twenty four seven is is about opinions. It is about sort of mm-hmm. generating engagement with opinions. They're thought through, and he's going to deliver this content in a certain way. From a digital standpoint, not on the air, is there like an old school sort of we need to be more serious from television networks that doesn't allow for that style of digital content? Because that is what sells commercially. That is where they could make money is this opinion-based, driven, kind of not inflammatory, but just sort of engaging content. Is that the thing that's keeping news channels from allowing that to happen is hiring someone who's just a great flamethrower and that's not on brand?
2: I mean, I think when it comes to news, there's a whole different set of rules. And again, we work for a news station. And so I, that was something that I struggled with a lot too is that we have like very strict policies about making sure that we're unbiased with everything. And so while, you know, not just things with COVID were happening, but with the social justice movement and a, a lot of things that were getting kind of into the political sphere, I mean, I'm of the opinion that that's not political, that's human rights, but. I digress, but (laughs) I couldn't necessarily be a part of that conversation. And I had to be very conscious of the fact that I work for a news station. Yes, I'm in sports, I'm not reporting on this, but having any sort of perceived bias or opinion in, in any sort of way is always like a big no no. And when it comes to local news in general, it's not a directive necessarily that we're getting. Like, I'll be honest, when I think of Um, these stories that people are putting together for television. I know you asked specifically for digital, but like even with digital there, I, I know I keep saying time. There is no time to form any sort of opinion. You're making phone calls and you're hoping that people call you back. You want both sides of the argument. But if the other guy on the side of the argument doesn't call you back, then you only got one side. And so you have to find a way to, to figure that out. And th- these are day turn stories. So if you get assigned at 9am and you got to start working on it and it's got to be ready to go by four o'clock and the guy just doesn't call you back, you like, you're still assigned the story, right? You still put put this together. And so I think that yes, there is a certain, you know, kind of quality that comes with local news, a seriousness that you need to approach these subjects as a, is less opinionated and more just, this is what happened, these are the facts. And I mean, we're kind of been under fire a lot, news in general, lately for um, you know, having bias and perceived bias and that sort of thing. And so the last thing you want is to enter in any sort of that to the overall operation. And ultimately, yes, if it was just digital and not on the newscast, you would think that there would be more time for that sort of thing, but it's still associated with us. It's still... It's still right. news too, right? And so you have to create that level of no you know, bias and no opinion in everything that you do.
0: Lame Stream Sports is a podcast about Nashville sports media and business. And it is brought to you by...
1: Dramatic pause.
0: Jaspers. Nice, well done. Thanks, Thanks. Academy been, been Academy Award. Can do they give Academy Awards for podcast ads? <laughs> maybe, maybe,
1: maybe they should. Maybe they should. We promise it? not to slap anybody if we win.
0: Is it the Webbies? What What do they give? What, what do what, uh, what do podcasts even get graded so, on? I
1: mean, th- there's so many bullshit uh, like pay yeah. you know pay to enter kind of awards out there. There's I think there's a thing called the Potties, and if you oh, know, nice. If you've got a uh, you got a three year old, well, you know. <laughs> I was gonna say, it sounds a,
0: that sounds uh, the, the potties, the potties sounds a lot like my entire pandemic experience with a three and a one year old, just yeah. t- teaching them about the bathroom. Um. Anyway, this is an ad about Jasper's, uh, where they in fact do have restrooms. Um, that are <laughs> this was Michael Gallagher of the Gold Standard Podcast Review. It smells nice, and the floors aren't sticky. <laughs> nice, nice. The, the bar is not very high, apparently, for Michael Gallagher.
1: <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently, he cares a lot about his uh, his bar his bar bathroom experience. Which, to be to be fair, not a bad bar bathroom experience at Jaspers.
0: No, but but also, and this is true, especially if you are looking for a sports bar to go watch a game at. A lot of times, you're going to go into a place that is extremely loud and smelly and stinky. Maybe maybe there's cigarettes in there. I don't I don't know how many bars still allow that, but like there's a lot left. Of, there's a lot of like just sort of, you know, like sports bars end up being pretty seedy quickly. The beer spilt on the floor and like it gets and the whole point of Jaspers is to eliminate all of that nonsense so that you can sit in, in comfort and in style and in a non smelly atmosphere with a clean floor and watch a sporting event with high quality food. a a nice drink special, a a free game room, a free parking lot. The whole point of Jasper's is to debunk all of the garbage that comes along with going into your average, disgusting, seedy sports bar. That's the whole point of it, Jasper. It's it's nothing less than you would
1: expect from the next evolution of the sports bar. They have evolved beyond this, and,
0: and we appreciate them for it. Look, sometimes... You want to go into a smoky bar with beer on the floor. I get it. Sometimes at 11 p.m. on a Friday night, and you're watching a a concert. Sometimes that happens, but like it's not what you want to do most of the time. Most of the time, especially not when sports are actually taking place, when there are games on. I am now of the age that I like a chair. I like a good sight line. I want free parking. I want high quality food. I want a good drink special, and I want the ability. To go play life-size Jenga, life-size Jenga, underrated. <laughs> the underrated. Tension, the tension mounts quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and you got to get out of the way. Yeah, once, you do. The, once that starts falling, you can lose a toe. Uh,
0: also, way better for social clips, uh, life-size Jenga than all the other games. <laughs> yeah. If that's if it, listen. We live in a lifestyle in a in a in a, in a society now where everyone does everything for the posts everyone does it like oh what do you want to do friday night we're going to go do this so that i can get some posts on instagram for it you know what i mean like it it's not me and my family but that's a lot of people in our society these days go I, I to jasper's like, and get some I, I Jenga posts.
1: Like i feel like you're kind of a
0: uh, old manny like you're,
1: i feel like you're talking about aaron here but oh well
0: oh i i would never never i would never she um, doesn't she doesn't
1: listen to the spot anyway
0: i wasn't specifically talking about no she doesn't i wasn't specifically talking about aaron but Aaron can be the cutout for the entire problem <laughs> if, if, if we want her to be. <laughs> Love you, Aaron. Uh, check out the Fringe Element podcast. Everybody go to Jasper's. Go to Jasper's.
1: I, I'm interested in your, in, uh, in your new gig. You, I, I consume a bunch of, of what you're doing uh, through Twitter, through YouTube, through, through some other stuff break down your new gig for us and kind of like where you find audience and, and kind of what you're thinking about as, as you're doing kind of different shows.
2: Yeah. So where I was complaining about not enough time to think in local news, it's like the complete opposite here. Um, So much of what we're doing right now is, you know, 24 seven sports, which is owned by CBS sports. So we all kind of work together. Um, They are wanting to really up their game when it comes to, video content and owning college football, not just from a recruiting standpoint, which is typically how it was known, but from the standpoint of we have this amazing network of journalists all across the country on a local level covering these teams the way that fans want their teams to be covered. Because that's kind of college football is is in a weird identity crisis right now where it is, and typically was very regionalized and hyper-localized. And as a Tennessee fan, I 100% understand what it's like to not trust outsiders to give you Tennessee news. You want to hear from the the Tennessee. You want to hear from Adam Sparks. You want to hear from a Wes Rucker who works with us and a Ryan Callahan. Like you want, you want to hear from those guys because they're on the ground. They're one of us. They get it, that sort of thing. But now that everything's happening with conference realignment and all just hell is breaking loose with college football, it is becoming more national. And so we are taking advantage of the fact that we have the local level knowledge and the local level connections and relationships and making it national and bringing it to a national stage. So it's not what you would get from like an ESPN or, you know, like a a major network because they're not boots on the ground, necessarily every single day. We have boots on the ground. and so we're we're kind of leaning into that. And so what I am doing is very, very like early on in the process of creating digital content. And right now, a lot of it is on YouTube or on um, CBS, Sports, HQ which is like our full like OTT digital platform, 24 hour newscast, um, all sports news.
1: Which by the way, that thing is, that thing is everywhere. I mean, so, so not only can you get it, uh, can, can you, can you download an app for it, but it's, there's a number of kind of, kind of free services, whether it's Pluto or Tubi or whatever, whatever these are that these are, these are free channels for them and they, they highlight the hell out of them. I mean, if you if you hop onto Pluto, I think I think CBS is like there is like their number one sports thing.
2: Yeah, and I think that that's it's it's cool because people will watch it live, obviously, like it's a normal you know newscast and, and station. But uh, you know, just to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit, the the goal of CBS Sports HQ is not necessarily for people to tune in live and to watch all these individual shows. It's so they are just a they can churn out digital content and clips. So as opposed to where what you would typically do is you would write a web story and then you would have to find some sort of you know digital component, like a, a video to clip to the web story. CBS Sports HQ is a continuous cycle <laughs> of what we call VODs, which is video on demand. And you're just creating these VODs that are automatically ready to go for any web story that's written. And so when Herm Edwards was fired, we were able to go live immediately with it, talk about it, clip it, add it to a story about Herm Edwards. And so you have this constant stream of digital content while also having TV content that people consume like you would normally consume television. And so what we're doing at 24-7 Sports is we're taking advantage of the fact that we have this big network, like I talked about, of boots on the ground and people in all these different markets, but also having the backing of CBS sports and CBS sports HQ to be able to churn out these individual clips. But because I'm so early in the process, we're creating so much that like some days we'll have a a show that airs on YouTube, that you know, not a lot of people watch live, but then thousands will watch it later when it's clipped and added to a story that, somebody's reading or something that they care about, or I clip it and add it to Twitter. And then the next day, maybe we won't do that show because we'll talk about it and we'll say, you know, we liked how we did this segment, but maybe tomorrow we want to switch it up and try this or we want to do this. And so, so much of what we're doing is being intentional about the content that we put out, which I never did. Never. <laughs> and that that should that should kind of tell you about the the restraints that we face in local news is that We are just trying to survive. (laughs) It is like a fight or flight mentality of I got to make slot. I got to get some sort of content because I have to fill these 90 seconds. Although that seems fast and not a lot of time when you're doing all the different things that you're doing, it's it's a lot and it's a lot to put together. And so we're actually able to sit down and have meetings. And I know meetings seem boring. Well, I miss meetings. Like I <laughs> I like to sit and actually talk about what we just did and talk about what we want to do and how we change it and how we make it better. And so that's a lot of what what we're doing right now is being intentional about how we want to present content and having the time to actually do that before we send it out to the world for everybody to consume. We want it to be good before you see it.
0: So it's 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 an inverted funnel to some degree, right? So a news yeah. channel, a news channel is a funnel, you've got 46,000 things about sports, and it all gets funneled down to this nine 90 second distribution model. And it feels like you're flipping that thing upside down. And now you've got this great idea about Herm Edwards, or in this case, Florida, Tennessee, let's say, and you're going to put it into the funnel. And then you're going to see where the hell it goes and how how often it goes and where it goes and how it gets distributed. And it probably hits differently for everyone that's consuming that content, right? Do you, Do you guys have a sense to to Steve's question about where you find audience? Do you get a sense of what's when you put that content into that funnel and it gets shot out? Do you know what works better in which situation right now?
2: Uh, in terms of like the type of content like what teams and stuff like that or
0: well just anything in general like i'm assuming because you're talking clips on twitter you're talking youtube Mm -hmm. you're talking full-scale shows you're talking trimmed down youtube videos full-scale youtube Mm -hmm. videos i mean there's so many again the distribution model is endless it's as creative as you want it to be so have you figured out sort of which is there some some semblance of a scientific method that you guys have developed that that you without giving away the secret sauce you can explain (laughs) a little bit
2: yeah, I mean, I think that we we learn things that work better, but that doesn't mean that we don't do the things that don't work as well, if, if that makes sense. So we're still trying to build up the YouTube channel. And when I started, there were like 5,000 subscribers or something. I think there's like close to 13,000 now. And so we're trying to build that up so people can consume content that way. But what we're learning is that we want people to see it in a lot of different avenues, right? So we're leaning into the fact that we do have that big 24-7 uh, network all across the country. And so we don't have to tell people like, yes, we do this clip about Herm Edwards. You've got to go to the 24 seven sports YouTube page nationally to read it. It's going to be clipped and added to Sundevilsports.com or whatever. There, I, I don't, I'm trying to learn. There's like 130. I'm trying to learn everybody's, um, but there, <laughs> you know, you're, you're reading the story where you want to find it. And so we're not necessarily telling people, you got to go here, you got to go here, you got to go here. Um, I think a lot of what we're doing is tracking how videos do, which sites have more traffic, what types of videos have more traffic, that sort of thing. And so I don't want to go as far as to say we're throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks, but we want to put it everywhere so we're able to track that. And so I don't have data points for you. <laughs> I don't know exactly how all of that's been going, but I do know that the it's, it's being received in a lot of different places, which is kind of the goal. And that's what's exciting about starting something new and starting these new video um, elements and stuff that we've been doing is that we don't have to tell people what 24-7 sports is. We don't have to guide them to these new places that they never go. I, when I was working in Knoxville, like I pulled up Go Balls 24-7 all the time, all the time to get content and fans are going to go there all the time. And so we don't have to say, hey, come to this new place. You're already going to it. We're just enhancing the experience for you.
1: I'm, I'm interested what the CBS relationship does for, for you guys in terms of, I mean, there are certain things that CBS has rights to, um, certainly there's a, there's a, uh, there's a wealth of resources that CBS has, uh, kind of what's, what's that like to work with, as opposed to, I mean, like you said, you got to fill every, you got to fill everything, uh, on, yeah. on local in order to, you know, in, in order to meet your 90 seconds.
2: Yeah, I mean, you have distribution, you have credibility, you have backing, support. I mean, I work for Paramount, like, they have more money than God. So, like, we have the time to do it right and to put together good content because they want whatever is being consumed to be good.
1: Does this which, mean you get the new Yellowstone before we do or not? Oh,
2: I don't know. I don't think I get it for you. I do have a subscription to Paramount Plus, which perks. <laughs> I think it's like $6, but not for me. Um, But no, I mean, that's the thing is you have all those resources and that help. And, you know, it, although, you know, it looks like, oh, you got the credibility and everything. We have people that work for CBS Sports, which is us. I mean, we are CBS Sports. We're just I'm doing stuff specifically for 24-7 Sports and for CBS Sports HQ. So we've all kind of work together. There's people that are anchors for CBS Sports HQ, but do, you know, sideline or play-by-play for CBS Sports Network games. So we're all kind of part of this big pot together, but we have network, CBS Sports Network, and, and those people coming in and putting together our production. So they... Know what they're doing, <laughs> which is, which is very helpful. They make sure that everything is of high quality and everything looks good. And, and again, I think it's just kind of that the resources and when we're building something new and we're putting these things together, we're not just flying blind and figuring it out. We're, we're calling up CBS sports and saying, Hey, how do you guys do this? Well, we do this. Okay. How do you best distribute this? Well, we do this. And although a lot of our clips are for 24 seven sports, dot um, com and for all the individual team sites, it's also on cbsports.com. And so we're taking advantage of CBS Sports writers and we're using their resources. And you know, I'll do an interview with Barrett Salee, who does not work for 24/7 Sports, but is you know a well-respected writer um, with college football. And and we'll do this with college basketball too. And I know CBS Sports does a great job with their coverage of college basketball. And so we lean on kind of all of those resources and are able to maximize what we're we're doing and make it look high quality. It's not just, oh, we're like, we have the startup feel. And I think there's like 20 people in the building right now. And so people are coming and going, working from home. And so you have that kind of excitement of creating something, but with the backing of CBS Sports and with that as your helper, which is pretty good help.
0: Well, well respected for Barrett. I don't know. That's uh, that's pushing no, 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 it. Okay. That's okay. that's pushing it for Barrett. Um, no. Uh, Barrett's a friend. We love Barrett friend of the pod. Uh, so <laughs> okay. what's interesting what's interesting is uh yes, I've had way too many way too many beers with with Barrett over the years. Okay. Um the Braves suck by the way. Go Mets. So you went, you're going, you just, come, you sort of had a lot of pride in having to cover a lot of different things on a local level. And I, I my career sort of gone strangely enough and maybe dumb on my part, the opposite direction where I, I covered college football nationally for a bunch of different entities. And then I kind of came down to Nashville and have gone a very different direction than, than what you have done. But you sort of said, Hey, look, I, I, it's pride in my own work that I want to know about the Preds. I want to know about Nashville SC. I want to know about the Titans. I want to be thoughtful and be able to communicate that to my audience. So what is the strategy now? Because while you are maybe not as wide, it's all college football. You now have one hundred and thirty one teams to cover instead of like three or four. So what is the strategy about, you know, that same level of pride being able to talk about the Oregon Ducks coaching staff and the Michigan State quarterback situation or Michigan quarterback? What is your strategy behind sort of that that growth?
2: Well, I think, you know, when I was first looking at it, it seemed like a lot, right? I mean, I can I can show you my stack of flashcards and all the studying and stuff that I've had to do to, to kind of prepare for this job, but ultimately... When I was covering the Preds, we weren't just covering the Preds. You're covering the NHL. You're figuring out how free agency works. You're trying to understand how the draft works. You're trying to understand, you know, if they make a trade for this guy, it can't just be some random person that you never heard of before. You have to understand that, you know, he played really well for his former team and he this is the type of guy that he can add. Same thing with the Titans. It's not just about the Titans. You have to understand the teams that they're facing. You have to understand how the whole NFL model works. And we did college football. We talked about Vanderbilt. We talked about Tennessee. We talked about TSU, MTSU. So it was way more. I can I can I can guarantee that. But there is the challenge here in that you are expected, if you work for CBS sports, if you work for twenty four seven sports, to know everything about college football and to be a trusted source. And that's ultimately as a journalist, the goal, right? You want people to come to you and to trust your information and to know that, you know what the heck you're talking about, because as soon as you give off a little sense that you don't, well, there goes your credibility and there goes your trust. And so there's a much higher standard and that I could get by with some certain things when it comes to the Titans and the Preds, and I could kind of finagle again, 90 seconds. Like if if that's all I have to fill, I'm not giving you a huge soliloquy about the entire landscape of the NHL. Um, So I didn't have to know as much to give you as much. But again, this was like a in- thing that I kind of internalized where I felt like imposter syndrome to the max. Right, like, right. They're going to figure out that I don't know every single player that plays in the NHL. They're going to figure out that I don't know everything there is to know about, you know, the the NFL and everything there is to know about, you know, Conference USA, if I'm talking about MTSU. And so now I feel like a, a little bit of added pressure and that I am going to be expected to know, but it's way less. And it's things that I really genuinely do care about. And that's not to, you know, say that I don't appreciate what's going on with Rick Stockstill and the Blue Raiders. And I I do, and I have great relationships with everybody that works down there. Um, And that is now more exciting from a college football standpoint is that I'm able to look at it from that standpoint. Whereas like, I would typically have to If I if they justified me going down to covering an MTSU game, it wasn't just because, you know, they were playing Tulane, it was because there was some sort of controversy going on, or I had some sort of news related story that I could get, I can actually focus on the football, um, which is what I like and I'm sure you know Steve you're talking about like consuming some of the content and this has been told to me multiple times by people. You are smiling more than I have ever seen you smile ever. Like people keep telling me that. They're like you look so happy. You look so cuz I'm covering sports and and I'm enjoying it and it's fine and that's this is what I want to do. And so nothing feels daunting when you genuinely care about it and when you're excited about it. And although I joke about the flashcards and the studying like it doesn't feel like an exam. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 studying for the ability to have good conversations and to feel confident. And so it doesn't feel as daunting as maybe looking at 131 FBS teams going, uh, how the heck yeah. do I do that?
0: Well, then, uh, we appreciate your time. You've been very gracious. Um, go, go oh, ahead. One... I was, uh, well, how about this? Is it going to be a good question, Steve? Cause I've it's, got a, I've great. got a question that's going to be like, going to bring up some like PTSD. It's a fucking for great question. <laughs> okay. Oh, great. Well, let, let me right. ask the PTSD question first and then we'll end on a high note. How about that? Okay. That's uh, good. So, so what, Doing doing the non sports thing on the weekends. Um, I know you had to cover a lot of difficult stuff. How how hard is that relative to what you're doing now?
2: It sucks. <laughs> like I can't I can't sugarcoat it. Everybody knows. Like it's not it's our news has been awful. I mean it's not our newscasts. I want to make that clear. It's just news in the world. Um, I think the best way that I can describe it is we had um, a class of kindergartners come in one time. So bad uh, to watch a live newscast, and they were so excited, oh, no. and it was it was oh my gosh, let's see what oh, a no. live newscast looks like, and they were like the biggest Danielle Breezy fans, and they wanted to see her do the weather, and it was you know four dead in Philadelphia after a mass shooting, a second mass shooting in Chattanooga. Oh, by the way, do you remember what happened two weeks ago in Uvalde, Texas, with that horrific mass shooting? It was just I needed to take a shower, I needed to hug all of those children. I needed to get some sort of serum that I could like, they could consume and just forget about everything that they just heard. But that's the thing is that I, in the most cheesy way possible, felt like those kids every single time I was doing a newscast. I felt like, oh my gosh, people, like they shouldn't have to hear this. People shouldn't have to just turn on the television and consume all of this. And it was a weird, like kind of, like place to be in and that I was delivering all this horrible news. And like, I knew that my parents who are my like biggest fans were watching. My mom was like, I love your dress tonight and like all this stuff. And I'm like, did you hear that? The words that came out of my mouth. And so <laughs> I haven't, I have a new respect for the people that do this on a daily basis and do news. And I think that to a certain extent you have to kind of desensitize. So maybe I'm just like weak, but in a year of doing it, it was not, I did not desensitize. It was very difficult. De- Difficult to leave work every day and just like let it go and like I will be 100% honest with you guys like I struggled a lot with that and also if I already told you that I struggle with not feeling like I'm an expert at things and having to put on a lot of different hats add this to it <laughs> and needing to understand everything that you know from pronunciation of every human being on the planet like <laughs> having to understand all of that and get that right and The gravity that comes with mispronouncing a a loved one's name, like having to make sure that you get that right and that sort of thing. So that was somebody that already struggles with that. That was just dumping on top of that. And so um, it was incredibly difficult, but also the positive side of it is I learned so much about just being on air and television and doing kind of what I'm doing now. Like, I don't think I would have been able to get this job and to have felt as confident about being able to do this job if I didn't live through multiple hours worth of television because we'll go back to it like there's a difference between showing up on your television screen for 90 seconds and doing an entire show where things go wrong you know you have to do on-air troubleshooting like I'm used to doing troubleshooting if something goes wrong with a camera and trying to fix that and if something's wrong with the editing trying to fix that but if you're on an island by yourself and something screws up like it's just you so I learned a lot from that standpoint, but also um, for all the people that like there were mul- multiple people that come up to me like Titans practice and say, oh, you're going to get hooked on news. Like, I'm sure you're going to move into the news business now and that sort of thing. And I kept saying, guys, no, I promise you, like, <laughs> I'm not going to like, just trust me. This is this was a good career move for the time, but I'm not going to make a lifestyle out of it because it was it was hard.
0: I, I can confirm. Uh, I've been a part of those conversations where you're like, "Oh my God, I'm so tired of talking about this." Yes, and, and it's yeah. time to it's time to talk about Dan Lanning's first year as head coach and in, in Oregon. Steve, finish it up. Finish this up with a good with a happy <laughs> question here. Emily, you're a, you're a
1: proud uh, former D1 soccer player. Uh, matter of fact, I think uh, I think Belmont put out a release here when you when you went to CBS and uh, oh, had gosh. your and they used
2: a photo of me used
1: the photo. <laughs> um uh, of you from your senior year uh i'm wondering two months here from the world cup are you are you optimistic or pessimistic about uh about the u.s chances
2: oh gosh i haven't even given <laughs> myself the bandwidth to think about that uh i'm just excited about soccer i keep i keep saying this i'm like i'll just be in you know college football mode and just, you know, like tunnel vision. And then all of a sudden I'll go, Oh my gosh, the world cup is like in two months. Like I just get, I get so excited. I mean, I think it's, it's a selfish thing for me too, in that I, I love watching it myself, obviously love consuming it. I'll watch all the games. very excited. But then I'm like the U S gets really psyched about my sport. Like that's my sport and nobody cares about soccer unless the world cup is happening. And so everybody gets the bug, everybody gets excited and they're talking about soccer and they're, talking about strategy and they don't know what the heck they're talking about because they watch every four years but it's it's exciting for people to because obviously everybody cares about college football like people care about nfl people care you know you have all these things that we consume on a daily basis and i don't have to convince anybody that that it matters but then it's like oh everybody likes my sport now <laughs> you know i just <laughs> i get excited about you know, the U S kind of getting bit by the soccer bug. So I'm, I'm right. so excited.
0: Let's get that, let's get that forward rotation worked out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, get the, get the mm-hmm. midfield settled and we'll be, we'll be good. I get um, to
2: I get to explain offsides to people, which is really fun. They're <laughs> like, how the heck does it work? I'm like, it's considerably easier than offsides. It, in hockey, can, tell can you, you explain
1: much. it to the people that are running VAR in, uh, in uh,
0: it, the premier league right now, it, Emily, it too. might be, it might be easier to explain offsides in soccer than in football. It, like, put, yeah. even in you're football, there's there's a couple of tweaks in there where you're like, wait, but which one's offsides? Is it the offensive? Yeah, anyway. offsides
2: is way easier to explain than what yes. it catches. So, I know, yeah, just- I don't I got you guys. If you need me, not not you guys. I know you guys know offsides, (laughs) but if anybody out there needs to be explained, I'm I'm your girl. I'm so excited that everybody gets excited about soccer. Well,
0: enjoy Nashville SC playoff run into World Cup and get to do it without a single second of work on your brain. I think that's going to be a lot of fun for you. So we're happy for you. Congratulations on the new gig. Uh, News two is worse off without you, and uh, but CBS Sports at 24 seven is better. So uh, congratulations and thanks for giving us so much time. We appreciate it and. And I guess good luck against Florida on Saturday. I don't know. Fingers (laughs) Uh, crossed. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Thank you, Emily. That was Emily Proud. And if you listen to our interview last week with Jill Jelnick of Fox 17 and how much work she has to do to run an entire sports department by herself. And then you package that with the conversation you just heard from Emily Proud about what is going on with local TV and news and how they work together. Not, think, exactly,
1: a, uh, not exactly an endorsement for working in a local TV station.
0: I think you get a pretty good picture of what life is like in those jobs. Um, I don't think radio is all that different from a financial situation standpoint and, and the amount of work you have to do. But I do think in radio, you at least get to... Focus on sports exclusively, and that is not a problem. That that is the problem when you work at a local news station.
1: And here's the thing: is uh, corporate ownership matters a lot uh, in in some of these situations, and it news too. I mean, they have a fairly stable corporate owner. I mean, NextStar is like one of the bigger. One of the one of the better respected uh, broadcast entities in the in, in the country you know, they, own, they own a ton of stations around the country they've got a they've got a national product that they roll local uh, local stuff up into I, you know if this is the situation at an X star station uh, you know yeah. imagine what it is at a Sinclair station or someplace else uh, you know broadcast is Really good for the people on top and not so much for anybody else.
0: And and that's kind of the the same for almost all mediums uh, the way it is. And if you listen, if you listen to what she had to say and kind of have been tracking and following and watching news, too, you you can tell they have de-emphasized sports. And it it sounds like that is two different people that made that decision. No, (laughs) that was just the people in charge decided one day. We don't value sports as much. And I think you ask this question almost every time we talk about this, which is, and I think a lot of newscasters will talk about this off the record, which is if, if you, if you only give them 90 seconds, they're not going to want more than 90 seconds. So right. what is, wh- which, which is it? Is it, if you, if you don't give it to them, then they're not going to want it. But if you give it to them, are they going to respond? And I think that is where a lot of news departments, news, local news stations have, have just sort of missed the boat. Like, well, if you give them three minutes, maybe they'll watch it and love three minutes because it's actually pretty good content.
1: Ultimately, that's frustrating because that is the that is a perceptual issue of the people running uh, running news 2. That's not the case at other stations. That's not the other case case at other stations, even in this market. But that's certainly not the the, the case at other NextStar stations. Uh, you know, they don't have to all be ninety seconds. This isn't some kind of like this isn't some kind of. I mean, may, maybe it is they're listening to consultants that they're telling them to take it down to 90 seconds i don't know uh but but it's it's frustrating if you it, there's 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 so much local sports to cover here
0: yeah
1: and stuff just stuff just doesn't get covered
0: yep yep and and i'll say this because i've worked with a lot of these people on all these different channels doing shows whether it's steve layman or emily or cory curtis or whoever like you name it chris at channel four like all these guys and men and women kayla like, they have the talent and the skill and the knowledge to do a four hour radio show about national sports off the top of their heads. Like, they have all, they have, they're not any different than like a radio personality. They just have to do it in 90 seconds. And that's just not fun. <laughs> that is, that does not sound like a fun job. So, that isn't, uh, that isn't,
1: that, is that is an interesting, uh, an interesting way to put it.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I think Emily talking about how much she's smiling now <laughs> is, is all you sort of need to hear. Uh, all right. Uh, quickly here when it comes to recommendations i i have a uh, why are you not watching house of dragons what's the deal because i didn't watch i didn't watch
1: game of thrones uh and and i realized that like in terms of the zeitgeist i missed this and i understand that it was really well done it was really good uh it's just it it, it, it is a hole in the lineup and i think i think what happens is particularly when you get older uh if you're if you're there's if you're married or have kids involved and there's a certain amount of bandwidth that you have for entertainment and there's a certain amount of bandwidth that you have for shared entertainment because you and your spouse are going to watch something at the same time you know I, there are there are a limited number of things that you're going to watch on your own and my wife is hardcore not into uh you know kind of fantasy. That, you know lord of the rings uh house of the dragons but have you know. told her
0: about all the hot naked dudes in game uh, of thrones
1: you know <laughs> no i have not you got to lead with that part <laughs> i know i mean the, i the, mean none of them are straight
0: none of them are straight but there's still hot naked dudes all over game of thrones <laughs> I,
1: I, the, I get that that's a selling point I, we just you know we missed we missed Oh, uh, Game on. of Thrones. And so, and I hear, you know, I hear from, from other folks that, you know, House of Dragons is even, uh, you know,
0: some people, people are nope. saying,
1: uh, might even be better.
0: And well, so I, I think you, here's the thing. I think because it, it's set before, I think it's sort of like Better Call Saul, like that it's set before, right? The main show. I think you could watch House of Dragons without watching Game of Thrones. It is sort of its own standalone show. But what Game of Thrones builds up to you in your head and in your mind is this love of dragons that you never really see, and in and in this show, it's just like okay, we're 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 ripping off the band aid here and just giving you all the dragons Fucking you dragons want. Dragons everywhere. It's just, it's just dragons. So I'm not gonna lie, I I cannot decide if I like it better. I I've heard some people that love it better. Some people like Game of Thrones better. I think I think the casting is very good in both shows. They know how to like really cast like the incestuous brother very well. They've done that in both shows very well. It's very creepy and weird, Uh, but we love it. And here's what's weird. You talk about spouses. My wife does not like any sci-fi either. Like she doesn't like Star Wars. She's not. She's coming around on Lord of the Rings because my five and four year old are convincing her. But she loves Game of Thrones and and House of Dragons. So I, I, the human brain is a weird, weird thing, Steve. Uh, my spouse too not a Star Wars fan matter of fact had never seen it
1: before we got married I took her to the re-releases um you know we went and saw him in like big theaters we we were living out in California when the original Star Wars was 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 playing at like one of the big kind of like dome century theaters and uh it was just a fantastic experience the whole thing was packed because uh because it was an event uh and you know, there's, there's, there's always something fun about watching it with a really energized crowd. It's one of the, the, the yeah. kind of the joys of, the joys of a, of a movie theater experience, and that didn't do it. I mean,
0: you but know, it, but, but, but at least your wife, in the year of our Lord 2022, saw Star Wars over 20 years ago. My wife uh, has not seen Star Wars in 2022. None, none of them. My, my five-year-old daughter has seen. All of them. <laughs> wow. Even the, even the equals. She won't watch it. No. The, uh, oh, you mean for the five-year-old? Um, She's seen one and like half of the second one. She loves the, uh she loves rogue one. She, she loves. Wow. Rogue one. Yeah. Man, that kid rogue is
1: hardcore. One.
0: Well, but there's a, there's a print, there's a female heroine in that show. Yeah, yeah. So she identifies, you know, she's her own she's her own hero in her own story, and that's fine I'm okay with <laughs> I'm okay with that uh uh so anyway, H- House of Dragons, I think it's very good. I think you should watch it. I think it's okay to watch it first. It doesn't spoil anything in Game of Thrones, and then you definitely need to watch Game of Thrones as well. This is a cultural phenomenon that you are missing out on and I think the I think you could convince the wife to get in on it because of all the dudes. there's so many dudes. <laughs> so. Just, I will uh
1: I will carry your recommendation to you yeah, there
0: you go. All right. Uh, um you go for I, it, Steve.
1: My recommendation, uh <laughs> speaking of science fiction, uh
0: first US three... men's national team. Oh no. Well, exactly.
1: <laughs> um the first three episodes of Andor dropped, uh, and I and I watched them all at a very late hour because my wife was asleep and I was like, oh, I could sneak in, you know, I, I can I can get this in right now. Uh it's very good. If you like Rogue One, uh, it is You know, it's the same. uh, The the guy who's the showrunner on it was the same writer director for Rogue One. He wrote all of this. It's very good. Um, You know, you see that you see the development and kind of origin of this uh, of this rebel spy and kind of the origins of the rebellion. It's very, very good. Uh, even through even through three episodes
0: I, i've heard it's far more like adulty if that makes sense like it's more it compli- is. Yeah, complicated is... and nuanced which is cool but here's here's my here's what i need steve i need a, someone to put together a master list of like here are the star wars things that were fantastic and here were the star wars things that everyone hated have you not been on the internet i but can i, I introduce you to the internet because i think where
1: the internet was like pretty much I created just to just <laughs> to talk about star wars
0: just, just to argue about star wars because I've watched all of them. I watched Boba Fett. I watched or Mandalorian. I watched uh, you know. I've watched the the Obi Wan stuff. And like, I don't know. I guess I'm not a good enough critic to know which ones are good. Because I immediately go back to like ten year old me with Star Wars stuff, you know. And so it, I'm just like, I just I just let my mind go into it, and I'm fine with it. And it's and yeah. I, don't, I mean, like, it, I think it's
1: perfectly fine to, to to watch it like that. I thought the Boba Fett stuff was not good. Uh, Mandalorian's very good. I thought Uh, Mandalorian
0: was okay. Yeah, I thought it was solid.
1: Obi Wan was like super uneven, but like really like kind of like you know stuck the landing. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is this. I think this has the. I think this has the best potential of any of the. the Okay, so 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 you like it better
0: than all the offshoot series that they've done? I do. Okay. All right. All right. That's the. That's the. That's that's what you come to recommendations for. (laughs) That's exactly right. All right. (laughs) Let's go ratings. TV ratings, all NFL football, not a single college football game made it into the top five in Nashville, which again, speaks to the power of the NFL. Number one, Bengals, Cowboys, 14.2. That of course is the defending AFC champs versus the biggest brand in the sport. Broncos Seahawks, which was what a 13.3, uh, then the bears Packers, which was a close game in the first half, a 12.2 Bucks saints, Brady and and a fight got a 9.0, and the Pats Steelers got a seven point nine. These rating these ratings, courtesy of Mark Benda of News Channel Five, of course. Uh, each rating point worth about eleven thousand TV homes, which means basically Nashville does nothing on Sunday but watch NFL football what's in every in every window.
1: What's interesting is uh, of the streamers, uh, you know, like when you look at like for instance Netflix when netflix announces something all of that is proprietary data for them they don't have to share it but they but they do when they want to tell a good story they were just like oh you know yeah. you know bird box was the most you know was 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 started 100 million times or something like that
0: it, it, hbo does the same thing right like they they'll be like oh game of thrones got you know they do but 20 million 20 million concurrent viewers on sunday night or whatever
1: it's a little bit different now that they're got hbo max but for for years they had kind of a they had sort of a, a, a concurrent ratings thing because you know there were there were you would you would get it through cable and
0: and uh, satellite systems. And when when HBO Max crashes because House of Dragons debuts, is that an indicator? Uh, that is an indicator of, and, pop, of uh, popularity. <laughs>
1: and so, which brings me back to Amazon. Amazon did 12 million people uh, for 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 the for the inaugural Thursday Night Football. Uh, those ratings, we're recording this here on Thursday. Uh, Those recording, I mean, those came out this morning. Um, And that is a massive number of people streaming. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. some people reported having problems, uh, but but by and large, I mean, my experience was great. I didn't have any lag. I didn't have any issue.
0: I didn't either. Uh,
1: I wonder if it was because I was using an Amazon Fire Stick uh, as opposed to kind of like going through... Uh, going oh, like a comcast box or something good like old that. net
0: good old net neutrality <laughs> but
1: um but but i didn't have i didn't have any issues those are comparable numbers uh to what uh to what they were to what they a to what they told the advertisers they're gonna hit I, so so the, i think that i think the actual number is like is like over 13 because there were There were linear television in local broadcast um, markets, uh, the linear linear airings. But um, they told advertisers to expect about 12.5 and they hit the number.
0: Mm. And
1: that number is only slightly less than what what you got last year appearing on Fox.
0: And so that's if you want. That's a powerful that's a powerful statement of the future.
1: (laughs) I mean, if you want evidence of kind of like where the future is.
0: That's it. I mean might yeah, might it might be it's not even the future it's just yeah. it's just here now. I mean and, um, and
1: that's and that's what you know you know when when MLS goes to all streaming next year on Apple uh, you know with, with the exception of like some marquee uh, ESPN and Telemundo games uh, the, the, that's what they're thinking is that is that the audience has already shifted.
0: I feel like this is a perfect time to remind everybody you National Predators fans and you Memphis Grizzlies fans that you can spend 19.99 a month on Bally Sports Plus. If you so choose to watch Preds and Grizzlies games, just add it to your list of things that you've got to pay for that is increasingly large.
1: And that is a uh, lot.
0: It is a lot. It is a lot of money for a couple of shows, a couple of shows a week. (laughs) I mean, that is. Wow. Yep. I didn't realize yep. it was that much. Yep. Oh, we'll be talking about it soon. Uh, we'll yep. be talking about it soon on the pod, that, that's for sure. Uh, special thanks to Emily Proud for giving us so much of her time. Again, go check her out on CBS Sports, 24-7 Sports, HQ, all that great stuff. She's doing all kinds of college football content, doing what she loves, back-talking sports every single minute of her day, and we appreciate her time, how gracious she was uh, with it. We've got a couple of other exit interviews scheduled already in the book, so Stay tuned. We do appreciate everybody for listening and hanging out. Rate, review, subscribe, all that great stuff. Check out the YouTube page, all the other great shows from 440 Sports. And where should folks go if they would like a cold beer and watching a sporting... While they watch a sporting event without paying for parking, they should go where, Steve? NashvilleBanner.com. Oh, wait. No, wait. That's the wrong plug. Uh, Jasper's. Always are- go Jasper's. You guys are serving beer th- via email? Now that, um, that's the innovation I'm here for, Steve. That is innovation. <laughs>
1: that's the next evolution of the newsletter.
0: I'm not sure what a 3D printed beer would taste like, but I'm willing to try it everything once. Uh, for Steve Cavendish, my name is Brayden Gall. Thanks for hanging out with us. Go to Jasper's, everybody. Thanks to Emily Proud. Uh, and again, rate, review, subscribe, share the show. We do appreciate it. Have a great weekend. This has been Lane Streamy Sports here on the 440 Sports Network.